Welcome to A Court of Fairies and Fangirls. Um, I'm Alex. And I'm Sarah. And this is a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast where we are obsessed with her books and can't stop thinking about it or talking about it. So we figured, why not record us thinking and talking about it? So we're going to break down chapters, go through each book separately, go into character analysis and any thoughts or kind of theories that we have about books, characters, plots, etc. And maybe play some fun games along the way. Exactly. So welcome and enjoy. I don't know if you can tell, but I got a spray tan, and I'm very happy. I know it's the littlest difference. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a little? Just a little bit. I just, I don't ask for much. Yeah. I just want like, the I want the light, I want the glow. Like, you, you need that you little, have, like, the little glow. That's all yeah. I need. Richard was like, do you not like being white? And I'm like, no, I just, no, you should like to be white. pasty. Yeah. I want to glow. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love myself so much more after I get a spray tan, which I sounds terrible. I will eventually do a spray tan one day. Well, you're already tan. Well, right now I am because I was in Miami for a week. But like, let me rephrase this. You're capable of tanning. Yes, that is true. <laughs> I am not. Like, no matter what I do. Yeah, that's Josh. Granted, he did look like he had a slight glow after yeah. Miami, which I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen you this color before. That's exciting. It was very nice. All right. Okay. Dive into chapter nine. Chapter nine. Would you like to do a synopsis? Or a summary? Yeah. Yeah. Let me find it. Okay. So I put for chapter nine, it's a new day and Feyre is still giving Tamlin the cold shoulder. She pursues her plan to win over Lucian and goes on patrol with him only to find out there's no way out of the treaty. Feyre continues to press Lucian for answers when danger presses in on them. I'm having too much fun writing. (laughs) <laughs> I appreciate it. I like the tone of voice as you read it. Yeah. I like that. So, chapter nine. Um, so, when Thera wakes up, she runs into Tamlin. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to go find Lucian, but she runs into Tamlin. And that interaction, I put a sticky in here that just says, ruthless. She is like... I said, what audacity. <laughs> so, similar lines of thinking there. Yes. And he's trying so hard. I know. And I'm just like, Tamlin. I know. And he was being so nice. Like, he called his home, like, her residence. I know. And I was like, that's so nice. That's it's not just... a slave. No. That's not, you're welcome. I know. It made me sad. Well, it did make me sad, but I was a little bit like, oh, poor Tamlin. I was still just surprised. I was like, for somebody that's trying so hard and for somebody that's just lost everything, you would think she would just take somebody up on their generosity. Or their kindness. Yeah. Maybe. I I feel like I would, but... I think she just, like, looks at Tamlin as the person who took her away still. And Maybe. that's why. Like, and I think she says at one point, it might be now, it might be later. He says something along the lines of, like, do you have a problem with me? Yeah. Like, why are you spending time with Lucian? Mm-hmm. It's definitely later because she's about to spend time with Lucian. Yeah. But when she says that... She's like, he doesn't pretend to be something he's not. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa. I know. Sassy. But there was a part in here that I just thought was interesting. It's a quote. Mm-hmm. And so it said, here it was. So she said, soon enough, if I was lucky, Tamlin wouldn't be my problem anymore. I hurried for the stables, tucking away the information. Maybe one day, if I was ever released, if there was ever an ocean in years between us, I would think back and wonder why he'd bothered. And I was like, that's a good question. It is a good question. Why is he bothering? Why don't we think about that now? And not when you're an ocean away. Yes. But um, it's clear that she can tell, like, there's something mm-hmm. weird going on here. And I think that is why she's giving him that cold shoulder. I also think it's funny because I know, like, last week we were talking about how um, with Lucian he's all snippy at her and we're like oh maybe he likes her she likes yeah. him kind of thing and it's just funny because it's like she it feels like she's taking an interest in him the one who's like rude to her and she's mm-hmm. totally blowing off Tamlin I know so it's that classic like the good guy's being nice to you mm-hmm. and you want nothing to do with him and you want that bad boy he wants the bad boy <laughs> I have a lot of um I have like a sticky that's connected to like any like relationship type developments yeah. 
I have a lot in here that are connected to like her and Lucian because you're mm-hmm. you're seeing something really interesting form between them. Yes, it's like is this friendship? Is this like respect? Like mutual respect? Yeah. Maybe I don't know. I like think of them as brother and sister. Like yeah. the more the story goes on, I that's, and you totally get the vibe from this chapter. Yes, the way like they just like kind of like pick at each other and um, yeah, I just I get brother sister vibes the more yeah. it goes on. I love that. Yeah. Um. And so she finds Lucian and mm-hmm. goes hunting with him. Yeah. Well, sort of hunting. Um, <laughs> it becomes very obvious that Pharaoh doesn't actually like hunting. It was just really done out of necessity. Um, and she knows that Lucian and Tamlin aren't in actual need of food, so she doesn't really actually want to kill anything. Yeah. Which... So that's an interesting perspective, I think, for Lucian to be like, oh, she's not a killer. Yeah. It's like I thought she that. was. <laughs> yeah. And she says she's sorry. Yes, the genuine apology. She says, I said and meant it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, growth. I know. Look at our little Pharaoh. I know. Well, and I think that really is the pivotal moment in this chapter where Lucian starts to open up to her. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think he just needed to see that she's not just like some killer that's like, just wants to kill fairies. Mm-hmm. And she's genuinely sorry for what happened. Yeah. And now he's like, okay, I can like. I don't like you, but, like, mm-hmm. I can at least be decent. Yeah. <laughs> it, the tone changes ever so slightly. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was funny that he totally saw right through her. Oh, my gosh. Like, I <laughs> loved it so much. I was like, she's so dumb. Like, this little 19-year-old girl thinking she can be so clever. Yeah. No, not at all. Like, instantly shot down. Like, no, I know what you're doing. <laughs> I loved it. It cracked me up so much. Yeah. And it's those brother vibes yes. that you're talking about for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite quotes was, I admire your balls, Pharaoh. I really do. Or maybe it's <laughs> stupidity, but since Tam won't gut you, which was my first choice, you're stuck here. Yeah. I was dying. I told you it was so funny. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, so another, again, like, brother-sister-y kind of vibe there. Exactly. Um, but then, page 87. Yep. Who is she? That's the question. Who I put in her? big letters. Who is she? Yes. It says if word got back to her, and then he like freezes. No, it scared Lucian enough to make him worry. So who is this mysterious her? That's the question. And like, what role is she playing in this blight, maybe, mm-hmm. or with the creatures coming over? Because we've already experienced the um, fog, right? That was yep. what it was called. Mm-hmm. And then the creature that was pretending to be her dad, the puka. The puka. Mm-hmm. That was all last week, right? <laughs> that wasn't this week. <laughs> My brain is like running together ever so slightly. Nope, that's this week. Oh, is it this week? This week. Well, Shoot. It's all right. We're just leading in. I'm leading in. That's right, because we're about to experience the bog. Exactly. So we're just prepping you guys. That's exactly. Fine. Fine. You've already read nine through thirteen. You know that's what was talking about right now. Exactly. So it's fine. Um, wow, my brain is so... I know. Well, especially since I read the whole book, I'm like... You're oh, like, wait, wait, where does it stop? Whoa, whoa, I should not do that. I should just focus on what we're supposed that's, to read. That's why I have not been reading forward, but I did It's this, so hard! I know. I had nothing to read, and this was, like, tempting me. I know. And I did this, like, four days ago, and I'm I like... I too. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should, I should have done it, like, yesterday. Yeah, just, that's what I've been doing up till now. It's, like, day before. It's, yeah. like, it's fresh, but it's okay. It's okay. We know for now. We'll, like, yeah. next week. <laughs> But, like, um, who is she, and what role does she play, and what happens in the next few chapters? Yes. Um, they also want to, like, they bring up the fact that not all fairies can shapeshift. So oh, yeah. we learn that that's, like, a gift only Tamlin has. Um, but he was able to share this gift with his sentries, which is why Andres was a wolf when he crossed the wall. Right. But then also it's, like, how much power does Tamlin have that he can, like, shapeshift other people? Yes. Like, for a long term, it's not like he just turned someone into something real quickly in front of him. He mm-hmm. turned them into something and sustained it as they traveled far away. Right. Did whatever, like, he was, that's what he was consistently doing is what he said. It was he would turn his sentries, like, into wolves. Right. And we so know the blight like, has, like, lessened their power. So, like, the mm-hmm. fact that he's doing that, even with less power, it makes you question how powerful how was this guy beforehand. Him. I know. That's so much power. Um... And then there's, like, a cold feeling, right? That's what happens next. Yes, so the hair on, the, on her arms began rising as something rustled in the brush. Mm, yes. 
before before that happens though, I did want to point oh. out that um, so they're talking about like the gifts and powers like we were talking about before, mm-hmm. and um, I think I don't know if it's Tamlin or Lucian, but they say like we just exist to rule. That was their. That's oh yeah. Literally their thing. I was like, what? I was like, that's so interesting that the high face power is literally to rule. Yeah, and it's it's like he has all these other powers, but like that's what he considers his power. But also, like, what is he ruling over? Just, like, other, like, fairies with not, like, or is it, like, all of these creatures? Like, what is it that he rules over? That's true. Yeah, is it just the land, or is it, like, the creatures of the land? And, Um, like, what's the extent of their power? Like, he says that they were made to rule, but, like, what we know there's high lords, Mm -hmm. but it's, like, what does that mean if you're not a high lord in yeah. terms of ruling? Like, how does that all work together? We don't know. Yeah, what's the hierarchy structure? Yeah. Um, but then, like you said, we learn about the different, or at least one monster, we learn about the cereal. Or cereal? Cereal? Oh. How do, you, how do you say that one? I say cereal. That's what I said, too, but I just, I always the like cereal. Like, I like to get another opinion. That's so we, right. But so we learn about the cereal because Lucian's talking about it, I believe. Mm. Um. They will answer your questions if you trap them. They're old and wicked. So obviously this conversation, we can assume that Farah is going to go looking for this creature. Yes, I would say that is foreshadowing. Yes, just slightly. <laughs> she wants out of this treaty pretty bad, and I feel like this is what she feels like she has to do. Right. Um, but then, like you were saying, oh the OMG yeah. moment. The OMG moment <laughs> that I like hardcore jumped on because I'm like so creepy you're excited is i was so excited about it but all of a sudden like lucian like freaks out Mm -hmm. like the back the back or the hair on the back of their necks like stand up Mm -hmm. and he's like put your bow down like look forward don't move and then there's this like creature that they feel yes and that's all we know at the end of this chapter (gasps) so it's very much like a ooh, what's happening i know it's like i don't like when like they talk about like when like the hair on the back of your neck stands up like it makes (sighs) me like feel that like ooh feeling yes. and I just I don't like that so I'm like I'm totally cool. with you yeah. I'm also though glad that Feyre at least like listened like, yes because you know, at this oh point my gosh, she's yes. not listening to anybody <laughs> like she's always doing like she's going off doing her own thing and when Lucian is like do this immediately mm-hmm. she just is like done I feel like it's one of those things when you hear the authority in somebody's voice or when yeah. you hear the scaredness in somebody's voice you instantly do what they say, mm. even though you generally never would. Yeah. Or you at least, like, would put up a fight more most That's of the so time. That's true. Um, that reminds me of this one time that Josh and I were in Nicaragua on our vacation. Uh-huh. And I don't know if I've told you this story. I don't know. Um, so we were staying at, you know, like, this hotel that was kind of, like, outdoorsy, but not, like, super eco-friendly or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... We got into bed to go to sleep, and he freaks out. He, like, tells me, he, like, get out of the bed. Like, I jump out of the bed. I'm freaking out. Right. He got bit on the butt by a centipede. Oh! The centipede, it was, I swear, it was, like, I don't know, like, three, four inches long. Oh. was in our bed, and it bit him on the butt. That is hilarious, but also so gross. It's so gross. I was, like, thank God it was him, because I would have lost my mind if it was me. <laughs> But it was, he's like, the one time I actually tell you to do something, and you listen. Yeah. He still brings that story out sometimes when I, like, just put up a fight about whatever. He's like, why yeah. can't you just listen, like, that one time? Yeah. I was like, because I was so scared because you told me to get out of bed. Like, why would I get out of bed for any other reason? Yeah. Um, that reminds me of that. No, I have that same thing happen to me all the time. There, we were in Gatlinburg. Okay. And we got a cabin. Mm-hmm. Have I, I don't, and I don't know. I haven't heard this, no. no. So, we were sitting this was like a two-story cabin and the like main area is open like mm-hmm. most cabins are and we're sitting at the dining table and then next to that's the living room and there's a sliding glass door on the other side of the living room mm-hmm. and my back is to the sliding glass door and we're playing like card games or yeah. something and all of a sudden Richard freezes and he's like Alex walk upstairs right now and I'm like <laughs> what is going on he's like walk upstairs and I'm like and so I, like, turn to go up the stairs because the stairs are, like, by the sliding glass yeah. door. And there is a bear with its <laughs> paws on the glass. Oh, my gosh. Just, like, looking in, trying to oh my see what's going on. And I was like, Ooh! 
Because, like, that bear could have broken that glass. Oh, for sure. I'm surprised the glass actually held a bear's weight. It wasn't like, I think it was, it was like a mid-sized bear. Okay. It wasn't like a grizzly, but it was, it was probably (laughs) mid-sized. And then it just, it eventually got down and it was just hanging out and Richard and I were, like, freaking out upstairs. Oh, yeah. City people and we don't know what to do. (laughs) Actually, Richard is not originally a city person, but he's become more of a city person. Yeah. We were like. Nobody knows what to do with a bear. No, there's, like, special, like, whistles, apparently, like, to help make noises that scare the bears away. Interesting. Yeah, it's a thing, apparently. Okay. But. We know for next time. (laughs) When you hear that voice. Yeah. You're right. It's just, like. It's instant. You do what you're told. You're like, this is the moment. (laughs) I am a rebellious wife every other day, but not when I hear that voice. Exactly. It's so funny. (sighs) All right. Anything else in chapter nine? I don't think so. Okay. Chapter 10. Yes. The thing I spoiled, mm-hmm. which was the experience with the creature. Which is called the bog. The bog. That we um, it's creepy. Mm-hmm. What it is, is it, it's not real mm-hmm. unless you look at it. Right. So, like, unless you acknowledge it, like, acknowledge, acknowledge that it's real, then it can kill you. Which yes. is, like, the most bizarre thing to me. I also feel like it's a metaphor. <laughs> you know, of something. Yes. Like... The second you acknowledge something is real, yeah, that's when it becomes capable of killing you. Yeah. It's no, it's so true, like, in real life. I feel yeah. like that's really applicable. I, there's something um, that's applicable to in real life. I don't know what exactly it is, but there's something yes, in my brain. I agree. But, but that's what the bog does, and then once it's real, then it can kill you. Yes. And it's like, can you imagine just, try, like, trying to sit there, and you hear this thing, and it's saying, I will grind your bones between my claws, I will drink your marrow, I will feast on your flesh, no. I am what you fear, I am what you dread, look at me, look at me, and I'm just like, how do you not look? I'd be freaking out, but then again, I feel like I'd want to close my eyes. Yeah, I feel like I would be, like, shutting my eyes so tight, being yeah. like, this isn't real, this isn't, like, because... If I'm scared, I don't want to look at it. Right. I'm scared, I want to close I feel like I would close my eyes, and, and Farrah's over there, and she's like, my eyes are burning, and, like, liquid's, like, coming out because I can't blink, and I'm just like, why are they even open? You should be closing your eyes. I know. I don't know. Maybe that's acknowledging that it's real, though, because of fear. Like, so maybe that's why she doesn't close her eyes? Well, no, it says because when you look at it. Oh. Well, well, it says when you look at it, when you acknowledge it. Ooh, that could be a toughie. That's like the, that's the only reason I can think of because that just sounds like the dumbest idea to try to hold your eyes open yeah. without blinking. Well, and it's reading her mind because it like interrupts her. Because at one point she said like I stared at the coarse trunk of the distant elm, thinking of pleasant things like hot bread and full bellies. Mm-hmm. And then it says I will fill my belly with you. I will Ooh. devour you. So it's like in her brain also <laughs> hearing her like thoughts, attempting to like be positive and yeah. redirect. Oh, it's so creepy. Yeah, that's just an interesting encounter, to say the least. Yes. Like, I would not want to be wandering those lands on my own. So no. I'm it, I'm very glad Farrah is so far staying at the Spring Court. Yes. The idea of her running away seems like not a great idea. <laughs> and now it makes you, like, understand why humans were so scared, so scared of the Fae. It's like, yes. they have no idea. Creatures like this, dude, as a human... No, thank you. Yeah. Not for me. So I totally understand, like, why they were scared of fairies. Yeah. Um, then we got a little bit more, like, Lucian Favor report, and at one point it also made me laugh, similar to the point you talked about earlier, mm-hmm. is at one point Lucian says to her, like, do you ever stop being so, so serious and dull? And she goes, do you ever stop being a prick? <laughs> and he, like, um, it says, but then Lucian grinned at me, and he goes, much better. And so, like... It's yeah. that sweet brother sister bond where it's like now they're now they're becoming playful with one another. Yeah, and I just I put a little smiley face next to it because <laughs> it made me happy. I like how so it's interesting. So Lucian actually offers to teach her how to use a blade because oh, they yeah. started like killing. Um, and Fair is just worried like, is this a genuine offer or like is he mocking me? But she's also like thinking about the lying factor, so she's like, mm-hmm. he can't really lie. So it's like. It's got to be a genuine offer, but, yeah. yeah, is he mocking me? Well, also, though, like, in that same vein, mm-hmm. we're seeing how Feyre is so insecure also. Yes. Like, oh my gosh, she yes. was, like, so brave with her family, and she mm-hmm. clearly does so much. But then it's, like, 
there's so many ways that she's so deeply insecure, and I think it's a lot of the second guessing of yeah. are they mocking me? Mm-hmm. Is that self consciousness playing out? And it's like, no, he's just offering to teach you how to use a sword. He's not mocking you. Yeah. But it's I think it's that thing of when people become like overly defensive about stuff. It's like they're trying to make up. Yeah. For something. I agree. But and then it, it, she even acknowledges that like. It was a tentative truce, at least yeah. a, at least a tentative truce between the two of them. So, I'm glad she's starting to feel a little more connected to mm-hmm. people where they're at. Um, and so, oh, go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, I was going to talk about the the bog thing yeah. again. Um, so, Lucian was telling Pharaoh like, "You can't kill this thing." Mm. Um, he can't kill it but then we find out that Tamlin can kill the bug right so, so it's like why can Tamlin kill it like what it's what that same thing he, he has so much power yeah but so okay so favorite Lucian they go back to the place mm-hmm. Tamlin's pissy because they've been hanging out yes but then Lucian tells him about the bog and he leaves to kill it right and first off his reaction to the bog mm-hmm. was like it was very intense yes like he was cranky before but he just kind of, like, it, like I think it said something about, like, he, he rose to his feet with a powerful, like, brutal movement. Mm-hmm. I tried not to tremble at the contained fury. Like, so what we were saying earlier, that, yes. like, those moments of anger that you just kind of, like, shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. Like, I imagine this moment being one of those, like, freeze, like, just, like, sit back, watch, let yes. them do their thing, and, like, hope you don't get in the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But then Tam, but like you said, Tamlin can kill it, mm-hmm. and clearly he's super. Because even she's confused. She's like, "What do you mean Tamlin can kill yeah. it?" But one of the things that made me, oh, I didn't read the summary for this chapter. I just realized. Oh, we just dived into it. We're That's gonna summarize okay. at the end then. Yeah, I'll read the sum. But I mean, we already talked about it. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but then also right at the end, um after he left Mm -hmm. she's like spending the night watching for Tamlin I know she like watches from her window I'm like what is this about like you clearly care about this guy even though you won't even go like on a horse ride with him or walk with him like clearly care but you're putting on this holier than thou attitude typical teenage attitude Mm -hmm. um but I just I just I literally put is she starting to care for Tamlin? Mm-hmm. And I like I like I imagine when my husband's gone and I'm just like, are you coming home yet? And then like if I see the lights in the window, I'm like, yay, I'm so excited. Like, is that the vibe that she's going? She's like waiting to see. I also wonder if that. she is care cares about him, at least in this situation, because she always cares about people that are like in danger or like it's true she's just generally a decent person she is <laughs> but like i think about like her sisters like she was always worried about like her sisters and her dad because they were like in a weaker state and like mm. she was like taking care of them and they were you know at risk of whatever yeah and so it's like tamlin's at risk so it's like she's just worried about i feel like she's like that caretaker vibe yeah. and so it's like this is a person that needs to be cared for because they're yeah, no, that makes sense. But she's also, like, laughing at herself, being, like, calling herself ridiculous. Yeah, which she <laughs> is. Um, and then, the biggest thing ever, her dad appears. Right! She's, like, watching for Tamlin yes. and outside the window. It's her father. It's her father. It's her father. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I know I didn't read my summary, but the color I put for this chapter is connected to my yikes. Um, yeah. <laughs> rubric because I just felt like this chapter was a lot of like yikes moments between <laughs> between the bog, between Talon becoming very scary, yes. and between now seeing her dad, it's just like, whoa! Mm-hmm. So much is happening. Yeah, it's a lot. I love it! Okay, let's summarize chapter 11 before we <laughs> dive into chapter 11. I know, I totally forgot for 10. Totally um, okay, so Feyre learns that her father did not not come for her as Tamlin saves her from a shape-shifting fae trying to lure her away. Tamlin assures Feyre her promise to care for her family is fulfilled by staying in Perithian. Tamlin is scarce seen as he hunts the bog and Feyre and Lucian's kind of friendship grows. <laughs> and then I said Feyre's nightmare stirs her awake. 
So chapter 11. Chapter 11. What do you think about it? Um, I feel like there's like a bunch that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so first I'm like, oh my gosh, like her dad. This yeah. is like, I'm like the one that you never expect. The guy exactly. that's just like, he told her to stay away. Like he came back, like yeah. either something's wrong. Like, one of her sisters is sick or something yeah. seriously wrong, or he's, like, grown a pair, and, like, <laughs> he's just this awesome dad now, and he's trying to take back his daughter. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Based off of what he said in the goodbye, you're like, this is the last person I would think would right. come for her. Yeah. I don't... I feel like nobody would, because obviously Elaine's never going to cross the wall, because she's just right. this delicate flower. And then Nesta, I feel like she... And Farrah kind of hate each other. Right, exactly. So, there's just very really surprising it. to see anybody. Yeah, so, kind of starts off very surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, what else happens in this one? But also, okay, so it's super natural though for her to immediately be like, all right, I got a piece out of here. Tamlin's gone. Now's the time. Let's right. go. Yeah. So, she's booking it out there, and as she starts to approach it, mm-hmm. Tamlin grabs her and um also just like real quick so it said like tamlin's claws like poked through my layer of clothing i keep trying to picture Mm -hmm. what the hell tamlin looks like because it's like (laughs) he'll be in male form and she'll talk about like his claws in her or like the claws and i'm like what do his hands look like like how i picture uh, Wolverine from X Men. Oh, that's why, like with like the retractable like Ooh. claws. Hugh Jackson vibes. I, was, I maybe not look like Hugh Jackman, <laughs> but like the claw situation. Oh my god, I said Hugh Jackman. I, it's I know Jackman. Jackman. I know who he is. Good <laughs> lord, Hugh Jackman. Um, no, okay, that's a good picture because that, that's the only like I, I can't think of another time where I've ever seen somebody with like retractable claws. Right, but he's so. meant to be like a wolf. So that's right. the other thing, is it's like, it's not like he has another bone structure yeah. in him the way Wolverine does. It's like... But that, like, I just pictured that kind of ability to retract yeah. the claws. Mm. Like, I don't see the hand turning into a fuzzy claw, <laughs> or like a fuzzy whatever paw, and then the claws coming out. I just see, like, him right. able to control just the claws part. Do you think he has just, like, really creepy long nails? Like, do you think that could... No, I don't think it's the nails. <laughs> oh, I hope it's the nails. It's so creepy. I'm just, like, picturing them making that, like, in the movie, like, uh, no, I, no, I'm don't. so excited for the TV series so that we can start to oh. see what these things look like. Yes. Or at least just how someone else has interpreted for yes. us. Because I know Sarah J. Maas will be obviously involved in, like, oh, the she's, collaboration. Oh, she's co-writing it. But, like, I'm curious how, like, with CG and, like, all yeah. special effects, how they'll make it. Yeah. So... I'm so excited. Have we heard anything else about this? No, no updates. They're just in writing right now. Oh, so much writing. So much writing. It takes um, so long to put a TV show together. I know. Um, but back but. to her dad. <laughs> like, I just think, because we had talked about it a lot, like, the her dad's goodbye, how from his perspective, it probably seemed like it was this really nice gesture, but from her yeah. perspective, it was like, he doesn't even care about me. He doesn't want me to come back. And so I just think about her seeing her dad and it's like, he chose her, you know, like she's feeling like, oh my gosh, he's finally cares about me. Like he, like he chose me. He wants to rescue me. Like the one that he didn't even give a loving goodbye to or like a thank you. And I was like, oh, heartbreaking. It's not true, Farrah. I'm sorry. Um, Right. And then, so then it's like when Tamlin catches her and she like looks away and looks back, it starts changing. It goes to like. Um, a bow and arrow, and then it goes to, like... Supplies. Supplies, and then her sisters. And so it's, like, clearly this creature is just trying to lure you out with, like, things it knows you desperately, like, want. Mm -hmm. Which, again, let's look at the items she wants. (laughs) Her father's love. Yep. Um, like, the mountain ash arrows so that she could feel safe. Mm -hmm. Supplies so she could escape. And her sister's huddled there weeping. Yeah. Imagine Nesta weeping. <laughs> like, she just wants them to show that they care about her. Yeah. Like, That's so sad. Uh, these like, are the desires of her heart right now. 
That's like the saddest like list of desires, right? I know. Like your life just seems so unfulfilled if like those are the things that you truly desire and had none of. Exactly. Oh, uh, I never even thought about that. Like I, right? I was like, oh, these are the things like these are nice things that obviously she's thinking about, but now you're like, this is the desires of her heart. I'm like, no, it is. It's terrible. Exactly. It's terrible. Because he explains at one point. Do do do. Yeah, so it says, so Tamlin says, it's a puka that use your own desires to lure you to a remote place. So yeah, it is her desires. These yeah. are the things she's desiring right now. It's not just like things that are top of mind. Yeah. That's sad. Oh, so sad. But it, it's kind of crazy. So she's only been there, what, like two, three days? Yeah. Really, at this point? And already her human senses have betrayed her. So it's yes, like... Yes, back to Alice, that warning. What Alice told her, like, don't trust your senses. And it's like... Two, three days in, and you're already, like, you think you see your dad, like, Mm -hmm. it sucks. Yeah. (laughs) That is not fun. And Tamlin is, like, so snarky about it. But also, he says, weren't you warned to keep your wits about you? So it's like, did he tell Alice to say that? Because I think that's, like, a direct quote from Alice. I'm I'm sure he told her to say that, but also... She's 19. She's a young, dumb girl. Like, she's been stolen away to fairyland. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be anybody's reaction. Right. So, I mean, I get Tamlin for saying that, but, like, also, you're dealing with a 19-year-old that was captured three days ago. That's true. I did think it was funny. He's like, if you're going to run away, at least do it in the daytime. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so this is, like, two creatures and a matter of what like two chapters that we've learned about so it's like what this else is like within the same day yeah is we meet you what else is out, out there? there yes i'm like how many more creatures are we gonna meet like how terrible is this land that mm-hmm. he's like trying to protect her from right i'm imagining like in the same way like what we have on earth is like this entire ecosystem of animals yeah i'm assuming there's an entire ecosystem of different types of fairies and fairy based creatures and so it's like Wow, an entire <laughs> world of that. Yeah. Crazy. It's pretty crazy, yeah. Crazy. Um, but then so this moment causes like almost like a heart to heart with Tamlin and Feyre, where he's like like basically like what are you doing? And she's like, like, can you blame me? Like if my crippled father appears, of course I'm going there. Right. And then he asks her, What do you want, Feyre? And she finally reveals to him the promise that mm-hmm. she made to his or to her mother. And then Tamlin reveals that her family is very well taken care of. Yeah. They are fed, they are clothed, and he helps her see in this moment, or he at least tells her, and she starts to recognize mm-hmm. that her promise is actually fulfilled by being there, and she is free. Yeah. Which is like, wait. I'm sure just like lifts off her shoulders. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. I'm free. This promise that was weighing me down that has caused such a burden in my life for the last God knows how many years, mm-hmm. and I'm free. That's crazy. I know, and it's it's crazy because she's like, my life was now owned by the treaty, but perhaps I've been freed in another sort of way. Yeah. So it's like, oh, like you're gonna you're gonna find yourself. Like you're gonna do yes. what you love. Like good things will come. Like accept like accept what's being offered be and, grateful and like what Lucian and Tamla had asked her earlier about like what do you like to do hobbies like she yeah. has a chance to discover that now she has yeah. a chance to just like exist like yes it's a it's a bummer for her that she doesn't get to be with her family mm-hmm. even though her family is like 90% garbage yeah um she's upset about that but she gets to like live a life now know but she she says that she feels hollow and empty like after like realizing like the weight of the vow is gone she's like I feel hollow and empty well I mean have you ever experienced that where you're throwing yourself into something so hard and mm -hmm. so much and then when it's over you're like now what yeah and it's like it's been eight years she's been taking care of her family like every waking moment for eight years has been for her family now it's like oh yeah gone poof like do what you want I, yeah, so it's crazy. So, yeah, I totally understand, like, feeling hollow and empty, but it's just so weird. It's like, you you feel free, but you're totally empty and have no clue what to do with yourself now. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really, I put a little exclamation point at this point. So, they keep talking, 
right? Mm-hmm. And she's kind of just asking more questions about, like, who he is and the lands and all of those different pieces. And he makes a comment about how, like, things have, like, changed. Mm-hmm. Or, like, it was this way before the blight and this is the way it is now. Right. In terms of the creatures that are coming into their lands. Mm-hmm. And she goes, what else is different now? And he goes, everything. And that just felt like such an epic it moment. Is. I feel like that's, like, the end of an episode, like... Yeah. On TV, you're like, it was like the, the music, like, yeah. coming to a crescendo, and it's like, he's everything. walking away and, like, I turns know. over his shoulder. Everything. Perfect. All right? Oh, I love that. But then also, it's like, how intense is this blight if everything has changed? Like, I know. what is the, Im- like, they have to wear these stupid masks, mm-hmm. and they don't have all their power, but, like, what else is there that yeah. it's like, changed every aspect of their lives. Right. Because we know, I mean, we know so little about right. every aspect of their lives. I'm sure That's we'll true. learn more, but... But, like, the masks are not crippling in any way. They no. clearly have enough magic to, like, exist and do things still. Yeah. So, what else? Um, the one other thing I wanted to point out be- right before that. Um, oh. They're talking about, um, like, the bog and everything. Mm-hmm. And just, um how Tamlin has to, like, go kill it and everything. And um, Lucian says, well, okay, here it is. So, a brush of ice slithered across my, my nape. How would, he would be that brutal? And Lucian studied the wine in his goblet. You don't hold on to power by being everyone's friend. And among the fairies, lesser and high fae alike, a firm hand is needed. We're too powerful and too bored with immortality to be checking, to be checked by anything else. Mm. Seemed like a cold, lonely position to have, especially when you didn't particularly want it. I wasn't sure why it bothered me so much. So, just, she's, like, has all this, like, sympathy for Tamlin when it's, like, she knows that, yeah. she's learned that he didn't want this, like, title. He was given mm-hmm. it out of default. And just the fact that he has to be so brutal to hold on to power is... yeah. Like, I don't know, she's, like, seeing another side of him, and it's, like, she's respecting, I feel like, what he has to do. Mm-hmm. So I just liked... Yeah, but also, like, do you, like, it, it, I think it's that, like, the carrot and the stick. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Clearly, this is Lucian advocating for Tamlin using the stick. Right. Mm-hmm. Could he also rule with the carrot? You know what I mean? Possible. But, again... It, Immortal creatures, I feel like, after so long... That's true. That's kind of the point he's saying, is, like, because we live forever, you have to use the stick. Yeah. Mm. At least that's what I think. That's Well, that's, that's how he's presenting yeah, it. Yeah. The fact that it's immortality. Because I feel like with humans, it would be fine to use yeah. the carrot, but I feel like with immortals, you have to use the stick. That's true, because it's like, I live forever, B. Like, <laughs> I do what I want. Yeah. Which is a lot. Mm-hmm. And so... I have some moments where I'm like, I would like to live forever. That would be cool. <laughs> and then I have others where I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. I I don't know. I feel like for maybe, it'd be cool maybe like two, three hundred years, but then after that you're like, no. <laughs> no, I don't think so. You're like, I'm done with this. Yeah. Mm. And then I think the only other thing is Farah admits to feeling regret and shame for what she did to Andres. Right. She has that nightmare. Yeah. And the... Because this is what I think about, too, is her skinning the wolf. And that, like, clearly oh, was what bothered was, like, the, most, the most. That, like, grossed me out when she was, like, like peeling off their skin and, like, no. oh. I, Yeah, the nightmare creeped me out. But it also just makes me feel so bad for Andrus because it's, like, we, we don't know fully what he was doing on the right. other side. But she kills him, and then not only does she, like, she skins him a lot. Like, that's something people, they, they do to torture people. Right. Well, I guess she didn't skin him alive. He, he was, was dead. dead. Yeah. Let me take this back. He was dead, but then she skins him. Mm-hmm. And it just, that feels so barbaric and mm-hmm. animalistic. And he wasn't animal at the time, yeah. but, like, now she's getting to see them as, like, males. Yeah. And you're like, like, you would never skin a person. No, it's, like, it's so different, the fact that he was an animal. It's, like, I feel like you can totally comprehend her wanting to skin the animal. Mm-hmm. And, like, sell a pelt, that's cool, but... It's like if he had been a fae when he crossed it and you shot him in the air, like you would never skin him. It just, ugh. It's just an extra level of feels. And I think that like is what pushed, has pushed like Lucian and Tamlin yeah. into like a next level of like 
kind of like horror about what she did. Yeah. Because, you know? yeah, we don't think about it at first until she kind of brings that up, and then you're right. like, oh, yeah. like Because, like, this wolf did not attack her. No, it was just standing there. It was just there. And so she kills it and skins it. And so they're like, my friend was just there. Yeah. And you killed him and skinned him. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. The skinning, man. Yeah, that's gross. But this nightmare is about her essentially seeing the man skinned. Right. Ugh. And then she's, like, wide awake and can't go back to sleep. And I'm like, yeah, me too. I like, totally so, yeah. <laughs> And then it goes into chapter 12, which I have a new color for this chapter. Mm. I've made it purple, and all that this is for is like, it's a, I put ah in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> so this made me squeal a little bit, this chapter. So chapter 12, I put Pharaoh's nightmare leads to a late night run-in with an injured but triumphant Tamlin. They talk as she helps dress his hands, or sorry, his wounds. I can't read my own handwriting. Um, she overhears Tamlin and Lucian discussing serious issues in Perithian. When caught eavesdropping, she gets stuck with spending the day with Tamlin. They continue to get to know each other as they approach the study. So there's a lot of fun, like, Tamlin favorite interactions yes. in this chapter. So she wakes up, she has her nightmare, and now she's walking around at night. Um, and she said at one point, this um, quote, she said, I had plenty of hours now, a whole lifetime in front of me. Perhaps I'd figure out what I wish to do with it. And I was like, is that hope, Pharaoh? Is that hope <laughs> Just I'm hearing? a smidgen of hope. A little bit. And then Tamlin arrives. Mm-hmm, in the middle of the night from hunting and killing the bog. Woohoo! Good job, Tamlin. Good job. Ten out of ten. Yes. Um, and but he's injured, mm-hmm. and so she like offers to help wrap up his wounds, which I think at this point, mm-hmm. having avoided him constantly, yes, offering to do something for him is a very good step. Yes, very nice gesture. And I think she's doing it now because she knows her, the situation around her family. Like I yeah. think she's starting to open up a little bit to Tamlin because of that. I think that's the connection point. I agree. Any thoughts on her wrapping him on up? Um, I mean, the wrapping it up, no big deal. But it's, I like that Tamlin said, no wonder you became so adept at other things. And, like, coming from Tamlin, like, that's such a nice compliment. Um, he also says, like, you aren't what I expected for a human. Yeah. And I feel like these, this conversation is, like, them finally, like, starting to see each other. Yeah. Like, out, like, he probably assumed her as, like, fairy killer. Mm-hmm. She assumed he was just this brutal fairy. Mm-hmm. And now they're starting to see the, like... They're both people. Yeah! Well, he's not a person. Yeah. But, like, yeah. <laughs> they're both, like, real. They mm-hmm. have feelings. They're multifaceted. Like, they're not just who they assumed right. each other was at first. Mm-hmm. And Farrah actually, like, starts to feel sorry for Tamlin. I know. Which is, like, it's sweet. Like, I feel like she's, like, understanding him and, like, starting to appreciate him. Empathy is, like, the first sign of connection. Yes. It's, like, if you're starting to be able to empathize with them, Mm -hmm. it's a a good sign. Yes. In terms of moving forward. In, In any kind of connection with each other, whether it's, like... A romantic or like a brotherly brother sisterly kind of situation mm-hmm. empathy i think is for sure that first step and then next so talon and lucian are talking and Feyre is overhearing them yes bum, bum, bum. so they're kind of being cagey right mm-hmm. it's like we still know what he's talking about but lucian is giving tamlin crap about what he's doing. He's he's giving crap to Tamlin about sulking mm-hmm. and glowering. He's like, you're not even trying to fake it anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, what was he trying to fake in the I first know. place? And then Lucian says, he's like, back off. Back off while you steal our fates and ruin everything. Oh. I stayed with you out of hope not to watch you stumble. For someone with a heart of stone, yours is certainly soft these days. It's just, it's so... Their, Tamlin and Lucian's relationship, it's interesting because, like, you mentioned before, Lucian is clearly, like, under Tamlin in yeah. some way. Mm-hmm. But they are just so brutally honest with each other. Yes. And also, it's like, what 
what is this connection point, right? Like, what is he, what hope is he looking for? Like, what is Tamlin supposed to be doing? Like, mm-hmm. there's clearly some, like, next level of, like, mission here that they're supposed to be working towards, mm-hmm. but we have no clue what it's about. Yeah. But I also, right before that, though, Tamlin's like, it was a mistake from the start. I can't stomach it. Not after what my father did to their kind, to their lands. I won't follow in his footsteps. I won't be that sort of person. So, like, A, clearly it's connected to the humans. Right. But also, B, I couldn't think of the adjectives. So I was like, Richard, help me figure out the right word. And it's like, this, I think, kind of helps us see Tamlin as being, like, very much an idealist mm-hmm. and, like, clearly, like, resolute. Like, he's got that, like, he has his ideals and he stands very strong in them. Yeah, for sure. And so that's an interesting character trait mm-hmm. of Tamlin's. Yes. And it's, like, I'm curious to see how his idealism mm-hmm. also will play out in this. Because in some ways it's good, but, like, anything in this life, like, it can be too much twisted into mm-hmm. something that doesn't work for us anymore. Yeah. Mm. Bum, bum, bum. but like you just keep literally like i'm just like glancing over what tamlin's saying he's like watch your mouth don't mm-hmm. push me like they are not happy with one another no but i like that lucian feels comfortable enough to be able to speak to him that way it's like somebody wants to put them in their place but yeah um, and there's no penalty for it like lucian doesn't get in trouble for speaking to tamlin that. So right. he obviously respects him enough to let him be honest. Mm-hmm. But then they catch Feyre mm-hmm. spying and Feyre tries to play it off yep. by asking if Lucian is going like writing today and Lucian is like I'm unavailable today. He'll <laughs> go with you. And I'm like I guess she doesn't have much of a choice in the matter. He just kind of pushed the two of them together. Uh, I like that Tamlin asks Feyre about the dinner knife that she stole. That's so funny. Yeah. He said, regardless of Trudy, if you want to stand a chance at escaping my kind, you'll need to think more creatively than stealing <laughs> dinner knives. But with your affinity for eavesdropping, maybe you'll someday learn something valuable. I just, it just made me laugh. It's like, she really just thinks she's so sly because she's, she's, she's like, my ears flared with heat. And it's like, <laughs> did you really not think anybody would notice like these Creatures that can sense everything. Like, you can't even right. hear when they walk up to you. So you think they didn't see you steal, I just like, like, a butter knife? Like, that's generally... I'm thinking that she stole a butter knife. That's what I'm imagining. And it's they like, wouldn't give her, like, a steak knife. No. And it's like, what are you going to do with that? She's... Well, she keeps talking about how she's, like, low-key sharpening it. Like, she's right. trying to make it sharp. And it's like, <laughs> girl, are you in, like, prison trying to get your, like... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that just cracks me up. It's so funny. It this whole thing, like she has no perspective, no, on who they are versus who she is. It's right. like you're not that clever. No, I wish you were more clever, but you're just not. This is like a kid, <laughs> like with their parents. Like when you got little like five year olds, when they're they're like, "Did you make this mess?" And they're like, "No, it wasn't me." And you're like, "Pretty sure it was." <laughs> you're the only child in this household. Yes, I think it was you. I feel like that's fair. She's like, no, not me. When I was a kid, I used to steal gummy packets out of the pantry in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. because obviously I was being rationed as a child. Obviously. And I would go and steal these in the middle of the night, come into bed, and I'd eat the gummies because I was a fat kid. (laughs) And um, I would put the wrappers in my pillowcase. Oh, my gosh. Because I didn't want them to find them. Right. And then my parents would occasionally go, and then they'd find, like, 20 gummy wrappers in my pillowcase <laughs> built up over time. I did not need right. 20 in one sitting. But they were like, where did these come from? And I'm like, I have no idea. And they're like, they're in your pillowcase. And I'm like, couldn't tell you. I don't know. It's a mystery. Go talk to my sister. It's probably her trying to frame me. That's probably what's happening. Sounds logical. Super logical mm-hmm. when you're, you know, a child. Yep. So... Um, but yeah, that's so funny. But he also asked her the question, a question right before that, that just like made me take pause. And he says, has anyone ever taken care of you? Oh, no. I know. I love it. Oh. I'm like, are you going to take care of her, Tamlin? I think that was the line that made me go like, ah! Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> are you going to fall in love? Is this happy ever after? Is this it? Usually if you ask, it's because you want to. Yes. Well then also, okay, 
So at one point, he says, I'm an immortal. I have nothing but time, Feyre. And then after that, she goes, he said my name with such intimacy. I'm like, oh, yes, he did. Yes. I'm like, this is it. This is the, this is the start. This is the start. I know. Now I'm like, please just give me a good love story. Ugh. It's like, are we, we're right on the precipice. I know. Right on the precipice. But it's the best watching like people fall in love, like or reading about people falling in love. I love it so it's much. It's my favorite. I know. It's my favorite. Um, this is why everybody's like, I wish my life was like a book, or I wish my I life was like a movie. It's like perfect. I know. Oh. Do you ever? Sometimes I wish I like. I sometimes wish my life was a movie, not because I like want it to be dramatic, but because <laughs> I want. I wish I could like rewatch moments like that. Oh my gosh! Yes. Like I, I think back to like the early days in like um, my relationship with my husband, and I'm just like, oh, I wish I like I have the images replaying in my mind. Mm-hmm. But I wish it was like right there in front of me. Like there's certain moments where I was like, oh, I wish I could just like relive that over. I wish I could watch it from an outsider perspective. Some of the things that like we said or did, it would be very entertaining. It's Um, just like, well, and it it would be just be so romantic too. Oh yeah. Um, and then they're walking around and they get to the study. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything else on this chapter? Don't. That was it. All right. So now we've entered the study, and again. In typical Beauty and the Beast form. We gotta go to the place where all of the books are. And it's gonna have to be immaculate. Um, which leads us to chapter 13. Mm-hmm. So, summary. Feyre uses the study to learn how to read and write. And she also learns about the history and layout of Perithian. Tamlin offers to help Feyre write to her family. Which ends in an argument. And Feyre gets to Lucian about the... Or, sorry. I can't speak. Feyre goes to Lucian about the cereal, and he helps her plan to catch it. So, first off, the very first thing I have written in here is, about again, about Tamlin's power. So we have Tamlin waving his hand and hundreds of candles spring to life, mm-hmm. which I'm also just like, that would be so beautiful. That's like the best thing you could ever do. Like, I such know. a dream. <laughs> it would be such a dream. And then he does something else over on the other side. Um, but he just keeps... He just keeps, like, in these small ways showcasing how powerful he is, and he's very nonchalant about it. Yeah. And she uses the word opulent, which made me laugh. She was talking. (laughs) She put, my palms began sweating as I took in the enormous opulent study, and I was like, I also like that word, Farah. That's a great way to describe everything, (laughs) as I have been describing it that way for the last five or six chapters. Uh, but it's this beautiful study slash library. Yeah. Basically. I mean, I can totally picture it. Very Beauty and the Beast style. Like, this gorgeous library. Mm-hmm. And, um, opulent, if you will. Opulent, if I will. <laughs> yes. Um, but I just think it's interesting that she decides she wants to write a letter to her family. First yeah. off, she can barely read and write. And second mm-hmm. off, she does they, I feel like she doesn't even care about them. I mean, she cares, but... She cares about them. They don't care about her. Right, yeah. So it's like, why are you writing to these people that don't really care? <laughs> It's like, I know the hope is there that they care that you are doing okay. Yeah. And I know she's trying to, like, warn them about the blight and everything going on. But also, why? Yeah. I don't know. Well, and she notes in here that um, she's doing it herself because asking Tamlin or Lucian to write it would be too humiliating. And again, I'm like, this is her insecurities playing out. Of course. Like, I, I put, like, she is, like, it's just, she's so proud mm-hmm. in these moments. And it's like, Feyre, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like, A, you should learn to read and write. Like, yes. I, I approve. You should do that. But, like, don't, like, make yourself miserable at the expense right. and it's of like it the fact in this that, moment if it's pressing. Like, Tamlin offers. That's true. In like, a little bit. On, yeah, he mm-hmm. offers when he, like, figures out that she's trying to write a letter. And she's too embarrassed to say yes. Like, he's genuinely just trying to be, like, a nice person. Like, he's right. not mocking you, not making fun of you. He's just trying to he's help. He's just asking. Like, trying to be a nice person. Say yes. No, But. She's very proud. I know. But so, back to when she first goes in. Yes. The mural. Okay, yeah. So, Tamlin leaves her. He literally just, like, drops her off at the study. Yep. And then she's practicing her words, and she looks around, and she sees the mural, mm-hmm. which describes Prithian's history. Yes. And it all began with a cauldron. A cauldron. It created the fairies. And then there was a battle with the humans. The fairies had to concede much of their land to the humans. And then the wall went up. Ugh. 
Basically, that was summarizing. Yeah. Very, very quickly. It was cool to get that, like, background. Yeah. For sure. It's, like, understanding, like, even on a very high level, how they got to where they were now. Just even how fairies were created by yeah. this magical cauldron. Yeah, it's like, what's this cauldron? <laughs> I don't know. But then, so Vera learns that she now resides in the spring court because it gives, like, a breakdown of all the courts. And she learns mm-hmm. that there's six other courts besides the spring. So there's summer, winter, autumn, dawn, day, and night. Right. So we learned that as well, obviously. Yeah. And I'm interested, I love how all of these courts have their own theme, Mm -hmm. essentially. It's like, I'm curious how it plays out into how they look, Mm -hmm. the vibe of it all. Because, like, obviously, we learned we've been in the spring court, and so that's why there's been all these flowers Mm -hmm. and the nice weather and all of those things. But it's like, the seasonal courts are easy for me to picture, like, what their vibe is because of the weather, obviously, but I'm curious to see what does dawn, day, and night court look like. Like, are they, is night court in perpetual night? Yeah. <laughs> Do they experience seasons? I just, I'm curious what that looks like. have no real idea, kind of, what those vibes are going to be. Yeah. And then also, if you happen to have a book, which I'm assuming because you're reading this, um, there's a map in, like, the front of the book so that you can kind of see what Feyre's seeing also. Um, but it has something about this mountain range in the middle of it. So mm-hmm. you know that these, the um, dawn, day, and night are in the top portion. The seasons are in the bottom portion. And in between them is this mountain range. And you're like, what's in that mountain range? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then the human lands are below yep. the southern court. Or with excuse me, no, the spring court. Right. Uh, with no markings whatsoever. And you're like, why do they not care? Yeah. It's a mystery. Um, so we get this whole picture, which is really cool. It's fun, it's fun to start seeing like how this world is like built and played out. Mm-hmm. And then Tamlin appears with what you were kind of touching on. Yeah. Was that he's offering to help her. Mm-hmm. And it was really sweet. He said, like, why should I mock you for a shortcoming that isn't your fault? Let me help you. I owe you for the hand. And he's yeah. trying so hard I to know. be kind to her. So, but, so, and part of the reason why she's, like, feeling so bad is she, like, the words that Nesta has said to Farah in the past, like, they've resonated so deeply with her that, like, they've made such an impact. Like, she's so, mm-hmm. like, she just feels so worthless basically because she can't read she can't write yeah and it's like so sad to see like nesta sucks right for doing that to farah yeah um on a slightly funny note i know people who will like name that voice in their head like Mm -hmm. a like a pan (laughs) or like karen is like what people like name the voice in their head that and so for her it's nesta it is (laughs) but i do think it's funny when people are like pam is trying to tell me (laughs) I haven't heard that, but I really like that. No, it just, it makes me laugh. Pam and Karen are like two, my stepmom Karen is so pissed that people use Karen as one of these kinds of things, but it it makes her a little bit of a Karen to Mm -hmm. be pissed about it. I don't know. It's a suspicious (laughs) circle. Um, But yes. So it's this horrible voice in her head that's Nesta and Mm -hmm. it just makes me hate Nesta even more. I know. But, okay, this is where that line comes out, where he's like, so you'll let Lucian take you on hunts, and she's like, Lucian doesn't pretend to be anything but what he is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what more do you want from Tamlin? I know. He's trying to be so nice. He's doing everything he can to be nice to you. Right. But she did just overhear him and Lucian, and so she knows he's holding back right. some, like, secrets, mm-hmm. like, some other issues they're dealing with. And so yeah. she's like, I don't know how I can trust you. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah. But so the... The shortcoming, like, he mentions her shortcoming in regards to, like, the reading and writing or whatever, and she's like, shortcoming, another one of my shortcomings, um, and she, she says, I've been equally foolish for feeling a shred of pity for him, for the lone brooding fairy, for someone I had so stupidly thought would really care if he met someone who perhaps felt the same, perhaps understood, in my ignorant, insignificant human way, what it was like to bear the weight of caring for others. I'm just like, you're so dramatic. It's, it's such a dramatic response. I was like, it's, it is a shortcoming not being able to read or write. Like, he's not saying it offensively. It's like right. the proper vernacular. He's like, I am not mocking you. No. Why would I mock you? And she has, like, this such a drastic response to that. I'm like, no. Like, you should feel a shred of pity for him. Like, what? What a, what a response. I just thought that was crazy. I was like, no, you should feel these things for him. He does yeah. deserve pity. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. <sighs> and then she gets frustrated, keep trying to practice. She's, like, writing down words she doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. She gets frustrated. She throws them away. She goes to find Lucian. Mm-hmm. Which, he's chilling in his bedroom, which it's kind of weird to me that she, like, went to his bedroom. I don't know why I feel like that's weird. And, like, he's in, like, no big deal. Right. It's like, hey, just hanging out in mm-hmm. your bedroom. I don't know. It reminds me of, like college when it was like whenever you hung out with someone you were in their bedroom basically because yeah. it was like these weird dorms and you're like i feel like i'm seeing too much about your life but she's getting to learn stuff about it she sees mm-hmm. like all of the um like weapons on his desk and the mm-hmm. map and so she's getting a little bit of a picture of lucian yeah I feel like it's very intimate to be in someone's bedroom for sure um, and so they have a nice little discussion mm-hmm. well it's it's funny like how they talk it's like yeah. oh well you know, if if this was to happen, kind of, how would I do this? Instead of just being like, how do I catch the cereal? Right. She's like, well, the cereal would have information, and the best way to get it would be <laughs> da 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 kind of situation. Right. And it's funny because Lucian plays along with it too. Because mm-hmm. he's like, oh well, I would never tell you to do x y and z like to right. get chicken and like all these things and like go out to the birch woods and with running water and all these things it's like i would never tell you to do that and i wouldn't i'm not just gonna be out there you know like hunting, hunting at, the time. at the time listening in case something were to happen it's like what why are we why are we this weird like third person like awkward convo they're plotting but they're not yes we can't confirm that we're plotting we just have to be very vague about it so i just yeah. thought it was really funny how they talked about it but obviously we can tell Fair is going to try to catch the cereal. Right. Exactly. But, like, again, it's that same um, repertoire between siblings mm-hmm. is what that feels like. Yeah. So, we'll see. That's that's clearly what's coming up next is she's going to go head out and try to catch the cereal. But, okay, wait. The chapter ends with Lucian saying, I think I'm starting to like you for a murdering human. <laughs> and I love that. But it also, like, just affirms what I was saying earlier of, like, they all, I think everybody had these, like, images in their head of who each other was. Yeah. She was the murdering human. Mm-hmm. And so now they're all getting to see each other for who they actually are. Mm-hmm. And they're actually warming to each other. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And so we shall see where this relationship goes. Yeah. So that was chapters 9 through 13. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're going to do chapters 14 through 18. Okay. And we'll see how the catching of this cereal goes. Sounds exciting. Woohoo! Thank you so much for listening to A Court of Fairies and Fangirls, a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And let us know what you think. Jump in on the conversation. We look forward to chatting with you more next week. Bye-bye.